Don't we serve a good God? We serve a great God. He does great things for us. Even when we don't realize it. We pray and he answers. And sometimes he does things for us when we don't have time to pray. But he still keeps his hand on us and he still does great things. His mercy is following after us. And I'm so thankful for that. I was thinking about one topic and that topic has now changed. So Sister McMillan will find out exactly what happens this time. Usually when I get up to teach and she gets up to teach, we're usually in the same part of the Bible, so we'll see what happens this time. But uh, did anybody like tests when you were in school? I got one. I was not a fan of tests. Wasn't a fan of tests. And uh, when I was in school, we were with ACE, so you had to do the PACE, then you took the self-test, then you got quizzed over that, then the next day you did the PACE test, and it was just you and the piece of paper and whatever knowledge you had, and if you knew it, you might make 100%. If you didn't really know it, then you were praying really, really hard along with the supervisor that you didn't have to retake the pace. At least you made 80%. Then I got into college and uh, I was introduced to a brand new concept called an open book test. Anybody ever have an open book test? They sound a lot better than they are. They sound really kind of silly. It's an open, open book test. Well, I can just, I've got the textbook in front of me. I can take the test and just read along with it. Hardest tests I ever took in my life were the open book tests because you better know where the answer was. Life is like that. The life that we live is an open book test. That's really what it is. We live and the problems that we face come at us every single day. But we were not left alone. We were not left completely by ourselves. The God that we serve left us with something to help us. And that is, he left us with his word. And so we have an open book test. Now, the thing with an open book test is an open book test does you no good if you don't read the textbook. Sister McMillan, Sister Teresa, when I was in school, if you didn't read the PACE, don't, don't expect to pass the PACE test. You weren't going to make it. And in our lives, this is our book. And we can't expect to do much if we don't read the book. So I just want to just talk with you for a few minutes concerning the Bible and reading the Bible. And the passage I'm going to take, it's an odd one. It's found in the book of Job. Usually when we talk about the Bible, it's out of the book of Psalms 
or out of the New Testament, but the book of Job, chapter 23, and verse number 12 is a passage. Job is talking to his friends. You know, this is the discourse where his bestest friends in the whole wide world, they've just spent seven days staring at him. And then they start telling him how bad of a sinner he is because everything bad's happened in his life and he'd he just repent and just apologize to God, God would fix it. You've never had friends like that, have you? Here, Job is speaking. And we're in the middle of a passage. But he says this, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And then the next passage, excuse me, is 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 15. This is the passage usually we find when we talk about the word of God where the Apostle Paul is writing and he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, not gender specific, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We live in an incredible time in human history. We live in the age of printing. We live in the age of all kinds of marvels. It has been estimated that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. Guinness Book of Records in 2015, the last year that they printed and updated in 2015, they estimated that the Bible has sold somewhere around the neighborhood of 5 billion copies in the past 400 years. It is the most best-selling book. It is the book that is the most commonly given away. Um... Many ministries will give out Bibles and just buy up a bunch of Bibles and give them away for free. Um, how many has ever been to a hotel and opened up the nightstand and somebody's usually put a Bible in the nightstand? It is the most given book. And statistics tell us it is the most stolen book in the world. So it is the best-selling. People buy it. You can go to the Dollar Tree and you can buy a Bible for a buck. Buck 25 now, but used to be a dollar. Or people will give you a Bible. Or if all else comes down to it, a lot of people will just steal a Bible. Hopefully after they stole it, they read it and repented and they found God. But I would dare say that even though it is Everywhere, sadly, it is probably the least read book ever. There are people that own multiple Bibles and yet don't read the Word of God. And we live in a society that is conditioned against that. I would dare say the society that we live in, it's amazing, we live... In a modern society with multiple conveniences, I have watched 
old newsreels from the 50s where they were talking about the kitchen of tomorrow. And they were talking about the crock pot that was going to help the woman of the house to cook her meals. And dishwashers, you don't have to stand at a sink and wash dishes. There's dishwashers and there's all of these modern conveniences that they were going to come up with all for the point of making more free time for the average family. And I would dare say today, I believe I have less free time today than I did 10 years ago. All the modern conveniences have not added to our free time. And so the society that we live in, it is kind of going against finding time to read the Word of God. But it is essential, it is important that we read the Bible. And we live in a day and age where you can go to the Dollar Tree, you can buy a Bible for a buck if you want to, or a buck 25. You can uh, perhaps, um, I know when our students, they promote out of the Sunday school, the, the lower levels, and they promote up into the youth, we began giving them a Bible in their transition. They can have a brand new Bible as they go into the youth. and uh, People will give you a Bible. And today's age, if you have a cell phone, you have a smartphone, you can download an app for free and you can read 20, 30 different translations if you want to. We live in a society where the Bible is everywhere and yet, sadly, we don't read it perhaps the way that we should. But we do live in an open book test. I would dare say every problem that we are ever going to face, the answer is found in the Word of God. And far too often we find ourselves turning to the Word of God in our problems. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I have found myself turning to the book after I've run into a problem. And after I've read it, realized, had I just read it a little more carefully earlier... I'd have already had the answer before I ran into my problem. Because that's the book that we have. It is living. It's powerful. I'm going to blow your minds tonight and I'm going to confess something. When I was growing up, I was a nerd. Nobody in this room could have figured that out. I was a nerd. I read all the time. Um... My wife, she laughs at me a little bit, but I remember I was probably about 10 years old. I read through the encyclopedia because, well, I was bored and it was there. So it took me a little while, but I read through the encyclopedia. Most people look at that and they're like, really? I like to read. I like to read mysteries. I like to read different authors. And I can say this. Um, I've got an open wish list for John Grisham books. And I've read many of John Grisham's books. I don't have them all, but I've read through several of them. And I have to, I have to confess something that I, I don't think I've ever read through a John Grisham book and put it on my shelf and about six months later go back and pull it back out and reread it. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever gotten a Sherlock Holmes book and read through it when I was a kid and then gone back and read through that or Hardy Boys or don't think I've ever done that. 
mainly because I already know how it's going to end. I know who done it. I know how they did it. I know why they did it. And the next time that I read that book, it's going to be the exact same way. It's not going to change. But I dare say every time I open up this book and I read it, I find something that I've never seen before. Because this book is a living book. It doesn't matter how many times I open and I read this book, I'm going to find something. It was always there. It's not like it magically popped in there. It was always there. I just never saw it. But every time that I read it, it's going to speak to me in a way that it never has before. We need to fall in love with the Word of God. And I'm sure that I'm speaking to a crowd that you love the Word. I know that there's people out there that you could probably teach this lesson even better than I could because you've read it a lot more than I have and you've studied it a lot more than I have. But Job told us, he said, I think of his word more than my necessary food. I have a bad habit that I started many years ago. I don't eat breakfast usually. Some people, they can't even start their morning without breakfast. If they don't eat breakfast, they're just a bear until they get something in them. I mean, it's, it's just horrible. My kids are that way. And some people, they just can't start their day without their breakfast. They've got to have something in them. What Job was telling us is he says, I think of his words more than I think of my necessary food. I need his word in my heart. I need his word in my life more than I even need the food that I'm going to eat. Because the food that I'm going to eat is going to fuel my body, but this is going to fill my soul. There's a reason that it's called the bread of life. It's the, the sustenance, the nourishment for our soul. I have learned over the years, I've, I've figured out, I don't eat breakfast, but i figured out if I start my day and I'm not in this book, my day goes a whole lot different than if I start in it. If I don't read the word, it makes a big difference in the way that my life is. We need to fall in love with the word of God. We need to be sure of what it says. Over this past week, I've been doing some reading on different faiths that have developed over time. And the one connecting thread is most of the cults, if we could call them that, that have formed, or false religions that have formed, have all had one common denominator, and that is usually the person that started them or the people that initially followed them had a lack of understanding of the Word of God. They weren't digging into this book to see if those things were really so. They weren't studied up on it, and so they went along with whatever some charismatic person said, and it ended up costing them everything. But I am so glad that many years ago when this message came to Kennett, our 
elders who have gone on, those who started this church, they didn't just follow whatever Brother Fitzpatrick said. They didn't just follow what the preacher said. They went home and they looked him up and said, is it in the book? And they found out that it was in the book. And I am thankful that we can look up. And I encourage you, don't, don't just take my word for it. Look me up. Don't just take what I say. Go, you know, be like the Bereans in the book of Acts. Look up daily whether those things are so. Get in that book for yourself and see what does this book really say. And build a foundation on the word of God. We need to make this book so much a part of our lives that it becomes a part of us. The Bible says that uh, Asaph said, I, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. More than just memorizing and just putting it into memory, but putting it in his heart where he could live what this book says. And if we will do that, I can assure you, if we can fall in love with this book, God will bless. If you fall in love with this book and you study it, and you let it become a part of you, then the problems of life, although still be there, it's an open book test, remember? The problems don't go away. But you can find where the answer is because it's right there in front of you. We can be prepared when things happen. Several years ago, there was a challenge that was brought out. Um, in fact, Brother Sheeran uh, put forth the challenge to go through the book of Proverbs in a month. And uh, that was something that I did a few times when I was in high school. Because most of the months, seven of the months out of the year have 31 days. And there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And he challenged the church to read through the book of Proverbs every day. Read a chapter in Proverbs. And it was amazing that month that we did that. It was amazing that I would read in the morning something in Proverbs that I needed that day later on. I would come across a situation that just, you know, on the 15th day of the month, there was something that I got into and I'd have to remember, well, you read this morning, a soft answer turneth away wrath. So bite your tongue. Don't throw gasoline on that fire. And it was something that I needed that day and didn't realize it. But because I read it, I was able to make application to that. The Bible says that we ought to meditate on his word day and night. We ought to fill our minds with his word. Fall in love with it. If you have a Bible, don't let it just be a dust collector. I know life is hectic. Life is busy. In fact, to be fully confessed, there are several days that I actually don't physically read the Bible. What I'll do is I'll get an app out and I'll listen as somebody else reads the Bible, and I'll listen to it because I don't have the time to sit down and just read it. But I'll listen to it, and I'll glean something out of that. Let's be people of the book. There's a blessing in studying his word, reading his word, letting it become a part of us. Let's fall in love with his word. Too many people throughout history gave their lives and we're persecuted so that we can have a Bible that we can read for ourselves. Let's 
read his word, fall in love with it, because it's going to help us in every day. It's going to be a blessing. And like I said, this open book test, we're going to find things that we need, and we're going to find it in his word. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Dear Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. I'm thankful that it's living and powerful. It's quick. I'm thankful that your word is more powerful than any other. And I'm thankful that we have your word. I pray that I would fall in love with your word even more. I pray, Lord, that we would read your word, that it would not just be something we hear somebody else say, but that we would study to show ourselves approved, that it would become more important to us even than our daily food. And I pray that we would consume your word, that it would become a part of us, that we would hide it in our hearts so that we can be pleasing to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here on a Wednesday night.